This month, I'm tales from divorce court. We're talking about the story of two fathers or also the disappearing other parents. So I'm attorney Peter Olson, and this tale is really about step-parent adoption. Interestingly enough, on my law firm's YouTube channel, step-parent adoption is actually the second most viewed FAQ video that we have. So it's very curious to me that people are maybe interested in the topic, but we probably do, as a law firm, maybe one step-parent adoption case a year. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. I don't, you know, it might be just people's natural kind of, what, uh, being stuck or something, unwilling to take action. But it might also just be kind of not, not understanding the pictures and what that picture can be and how to best handle that tale of the disappearing other parent. Because I think as we would we would maybe acknowledge or see, it's it's a big issue and just a very fairly common situation, right? I'm talking about what happens when the other parent disappears out of a child's life and what should you do? I'm going to talk a little bit about big picture macro. What's the law? What's the ideal? What's the real world? And I'm going to talk to you about some stories that I've seen and been involved with firsthand. The basic policy in Illinois with regards to parenting time for both parents, right? I just pulled a little snippet out of like the, the top section of the Illinois Marriage and Dissolution of Marriage Act. You know, one of the policies that law was created to encourage was to continue existing parent-child relationships and secure the maximum involvement and cooperation of parents regarding the well-being of children, of the children, green and after the litigation. So that's absolutely the ideal that, you know, the Illinois General Assembly and the governor and et cetera had in mind when they created the current version of Illinois' divorce law. So I'm I'm often arguing that law in court, right? If if somebody's trying to limit my client's parenting time, it's like, hey, judge, the public policy of Illinois is securing the maximum underlying maximum involvement. So if that's you, and you're kind of getting jammed out of your parenting time. Give that to the judge in your case, or I can help you out with that too. Okay. And, you know, 
there are some real world. What are some of your real world setups to encourage maximum involvement? To me, your 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 most common situations regarding that maximum involvement of parenting time would be one of two things. It would allow each parent to really have a good chunk of maybe an alternate weekend, but then also maybe a weeknight overnight. So you're maybe getting um, somewhere between, you know, four-ish overnights at a minimum each week. If you have one that's a little bit more tied to the old, let's call it the 1980s parenting schedule of alternate weekends. To me, that is pretty dated. Um, but I would say that framework, that general framework of sort of an alternate weekend, but a little more involvement during the week now is much more common than just sort of a Friday, Saturday, uh, Friday to Sunday situation. To me, it's much more of a, a Thursday to Monday, an extended weekend, and then, then a weeknight overnight. And then I'd say you have a majority parenting time setups are like that. And then a minority, but also a very popular situation would be something that gets close to an equal parenting time setup. And how do you do that? See a lot of people alternating weeks. And then I also see a lot of people doing something like a 2-2, Monday, Tuesday transition, Wednesday, Thursday, and then kind of that weekend, the Friday to Sunday is... Sometimes that's what's alternated. Like my parenting time is Monday, Tuesday. Mom's parenting time is Wednesday, Thursday. And then that, that weekend gets alternated just because, in a sense, the weekend's a little bit more valuable because, you know, maybe you're not working and your child or children aren't in school. So that's just a little tease on how, what are some setups to encourage that maximum involvement of you as a parent with regards to the well-being of your child or children. Now, that's the ideal, and there are a lot of cases that, that that's the situation. I hope that's your family, because it's probably the best. It's probably the best setup. Now, let's talk a real world, though, and really get into some of these the tales of the disappearing other parent, because that's a, that's a real... That's a real tale that we run into a lot, and what's the best way to approach it when that other parent disappears. Here's just some nuggets I pulled, you know, just sort of randomly. I think it was some Pew Research Foundation. Just reading some bullets here. About 40% of fathers are no longer in contact with their children a year after divorce. Close to one half of children will not see their fathers at all after a divorce. Ten years after a divorce, fathers will be entirely absent from the lives of almost two-thirds of these children. So I'm not going to sit here, right? I'm, I'm sitting here and talking about tales from divorce court. There's There's probably some public policy changes that might help some of that absenteeism by fathers, but I'm looking this as a private attorney and just, right, I'm dealing with what comes in the door and, and real world situations and, right, how can I serve you as a, as a, as an individual, a prospective client coming in where it's like, hey, this other father has kind of disappeared on my family and what, 
what should I do? And that's, that's really what I'm getting at. I'm, I'm getting at that situation that you actually run into a lot as a lawyer and maybe in life, but, and, and that is kind of what is the best way to approach maybe a situation that isn't ideal, sort of what's the best bad approach to an idea, right? Maybe ideally, you know, I'm assuming there's a divorce or a separation. I'm not going back before that. But maybe ideally it's like, you know, you and your former husband or wife could could and can co-parent effectively together, right? That's a thing. There, there, there are certainly situations where people are doing that and doing that well. You know, divorce and separated parents is not an uncommon situation these days. And it's also not uncommon that people are doing that well, even in a separated parenting situation. Or at a minimum, at least your ex-wife or your ex-husband is at least abiding by a court's orders, right, that have set out a certain, you know, parenting time schedule and whatnot, okay? To me, that's kind of your best bad, best bad option is, right, effective co-parenting even after you've been separated. But the stories I'm going to talk about are two different situations I've run into as sort of the uh, best approach and maybe, I don't know, the worst, but just a very dramatically different approach to handling a situation of the disappearing father, okay? Both of these cases are, are, are a minute ago, uh, so let me try to recall them, but they're good stories and absolutely a very poignant kind of difference between the two situations, probably even to this day. I really haven't talked to either of these clients in the last probably couple years, but I would bet that their lives are dramatically different. And most importantly, perhaps the children at issue, I bet are, I bet are just feeling very different, even just kind of like psychologically. I should, I should check in with these people because I bet you, I bet you there's some really juicy difference between these two lives and let me let me talk about them and let me let me talk first about kind of what these situations have in common and then i'm going to just talk about how these situations were dealt with in very different ways that caused very different results okay what you have in common here are are both of these were fathers that i'm just going to say in quotes disappeared um one of these situations it was sort of a, um, I'm just thinking about it now. This gentleman, the ex-husband, a lot of it really related to some alcohol abuse. And I think he almost had maybe sort of some PTSD. I think he had some history in the military and in law enforcement. And you, and you felt for him. But it really pushed him down a road of kind of alcohol abuse. And sort of slowly but surely he saw his child less and less. This couple, our client was the mom. Uh, they'd been married and were probably divorced three to five years when I got involved. Also, what's going to be common to both of these situations is the moms have subsequently been remarried to other men, other, not fathers, but potential stepfathers. And so 
they're both now remarried to men who are not the legal or biological father of of the children at issue okay so that's one picture uh the other picture actually was an unmarried um unmarried parents and similarly the, the children were a similar age in both of these situations they were i want to say in the 12 to 15 age range kind of middle schoolish if i'm if i'm recalling one of them might have been a freshman in high school this other situation again a woman remarried um and dad is out of the picture and i very specifically remember in this other situation i'm going to use as probably the not best example not the the kind of the bad way to handle this the the one i just spoke about the drunk alcohol abusing ex-husband that one is is the one that has the good ending and the other one that i'm describing now is the one that actually has to me the not as good ending and not in sort of the what not to do situation the what not to do situation the uh the father had been incarcerated for some time and more like probably multiple years i don't think he'd committed a murder or anything but he was in prison for a good while and so he's obviously out of the out of the child's life not obviously i mean you've certainly known people who've done parenting time or at least visitation in a in a jail setting but this this father was out of the picture for a few years, mostly due to that situation, the criminal uh, conviction and, and being in prison. So very similar. What do they have in common? Right. We have two women with middle aged children who've both remarried. So there's there's now sort of a, a, a current family that's very different than the original family when, let's just say, the child was born. And both of these situations, for different reasons, but very similarly, the, the 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 father, the legal father, biological fathers were had not seen their child for. I think both of them, even though I don't remember the specifics exactly, were three plus years ago, right? In it, this this is not less than six months. This is three plus years ago these fathers had been out of their child's life okay now so what do you do with the disappearing father are you ready so let's talk about the what not to do situation the what not to do situation is essentially you do nothing okay you sort of ignore the the parent who's disappeared and maybe just kind of hope and pray he or she remains gone because think about it right uh in both of these situations the new husbands i think were like legit good guys who were actively raising these children who were not their own and really that was the current family unit like i said for for several years right now you know kid knows you know my husband, you know, husband as as his father, even though obviously there's another father in play. But you do nothing about it, okay? You do nothing to formalize or legalize the new husband's relationship to the child. Yeah, you might verbalize, hey, this is Bill. 
he's your stepdad, but at a legal level, you've got nothing, right? Bill, the stepdad, has nothing if you do nothing, okay? And in, in the what not to do situation, what essentially plays out is, you know, mom and, and the new new husband, right, they're living their life, you know, everything's going, let's just say chill, right? There's no conflict. The uh, the ex is out of the picture. In this case, he, he literally was in jail for a while. But then he pops back into the picture, okay? And that's when we got involved in the case and... Um, you know, we did some stuff and and protected this the the woman and her and her son. I think the the case was in terms of what the the father, right, the legal father had in terms of parenting time. But it was a very stressful situation and a very challenging. Think of the dynamic, even for some 13, 14 year old boy, right? It's like hey, Bill, the new husband, really has been serving as his father for a number of years now. And now this other dude, Joe, I'm just making up names here, you know, pops back into, into my life. And it's like, wait, I'm supposed to have parenting time and see this guy every Saturday. I don't even know who this guy is. And, you know, my life is just starting to get settled and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying traveling sports and, and going on my first date. Now I've got this messed up situation where I've got, you know, stepdad who I thought kind of was, was my dad. And now I've got this other dude coming back in who I haven't seen in eight years. And it, it really very genuinely messes with that family. I mean, just think of that stress bomb, Right. The ghost father who'd been gone for five years is now back in play. And so, I mean, there's this whole, right, mental psychological level, not to mention kind of the tension of the different relationships between, you know, mom and the ex, the ex and the new dad who's trying to serve as the dad. And it, it I just very much remember the you know, just a very unpleasant situation. And, and even myself as the attorney on the case, it was really hard to, I mean, it was really hard to affect just a, a wonderful, great result because the circumstances were just bad circumstances, right? I mean, you as a lawyer, you're stuck with the facts that are presented to you. And the reality is that the, you know, the father who'd been, who had disappeared and who now comes back into the child's life he might not be entitled to some extreme maximum involvement right away, but he's so long as he's the father and he wants to have a, a relationship with his child, the court's going to give him the chance to do that. And, and, um, you know, over time, if he or she is serious about really being involved with his child, with their child, He's going to be able to get back into that child's life. And um, who knows how it played out in the end. I just, right, I'm getting a snapshot six to six months to a year or whatever that we're involved with a case. But I absolutely just know that it was, it very much upset what, what was a fairly secure family unit and sent it into disarray. Hopefully over time, there was repair, 
I don't know at this point, but certainly for a good while there, there was disarray in this family and in this child's life that in my perspective, or at least I'm, I'm, I'm stating that's not the best way to handle the disappearing ghosted other parent. Okay. Let me talk about the better way to handle it. And like I said, Second most watched FAQ video on Pro Divorce Lawyers YouTube channel. You know, can my new spouse adopt my child? And that's that's what I'm going to talk about is, in my opinion, the best maybe bad option or just the best option is to do do the step parent adoption because. When you're talking about a parent who's been out of a, a child's life for that amount of time, right? Right. Literally in one of these situations that the, the father was in prison. In the situation I'm talking about, the guy was was not in prison. Um, like I said, he had some addiction problems and he sort of slowly, oh, drifted out of the child's life and just had a bunch of, let's just call them personal problems that were you know, just infecting his, his life. But again, he hadn't seen his daughter in a number of years. And that's what we did. We did a step parent adoption, right? This guy's the, the father ex-husband's parental rights were terminated. And now Jill made up name, but you know, Jill, the mom and wife, um, and her new husband, current husband, right, adopt the daughter as their own. So now, now the new husband and the biological mom wife are now the legal parents of this child. Ex-husband biological father is now he's nothing, right? He's he's nothing. He has no more legal relationship to his daughter than than I do, just as some generic, you know, generic guy. So those are a couple of tales from divorce court, even though one of those wasn't a divorce. One of them was, though. And how to handle the case of the disappearing father. So think about it. What's the best new picture after a divorce or, or separated parents, make it the best situation you can for your family, whether that be a separated and co-parenting situation with the other parent, or at least minimum abiding by court orders. But don't be in that what not to do situation where your life is settled. Things are chill. You and your family are, are thriving. And because of your inaction, that other parent is able to jump back in to your life and really cause it um, distress and disarray. Strongly encourage you, if you're in that box, remarried and the other parent has now kind of disappeared do a step parent adoption and create your forever family i'm attorney peter olson check me out at the pro dot 
lawyer. See you next month. <laughs>